Bitwise Bobby. This is not legal advice. My name is Jay Baron Lesperance. I am a registered U.S. patent attorney, currently with a firm called Confidant and Consult, and it's a, a Michigan-based firm. But you know, as you know, and, and just for the benefit of the listeners, patents are a federal right, and so I can certainly assist people, you know, throughout the U.S. and, and internationally, help them obtain you know patent rights. So it's not something that is limited by state jurisdiction. The same thing with trademarks, although, you know, there are state trademarks, but, you know, most people are interested in pursuing federal trademarks. I've been a registered patent attorney since 2005, and I've worked at a variety of positions. I worked at a large DC-based IP firm, and I also worked in-house with a large multinational corporation. Currently, I'm, I'm with a a firm that is not a large IP firm, but I call it a, a, a nimble firm. We offer a lot of additional services. We're growing and looking to you know, help out a lot of people and businesses that are struggling with legal costs, looking to get IP protection that is you know, affordable, you know, at appropriate rates, you know, having, having been a client, uh, in receiving legal services, you know, I understand what that's like to get those legal invoices. And so in my current firm, we're looking to, you know, help manage those costs while also delivering excellent service. So today, actually, I want to talk about some current events. We have from Russia, there was an announcement that they would no longer require companies to pay any sort of royalties or any sort of fees to patent holders from foreign states who commit unfriendly actions, meaning effectively as an act of war, they have legalized piracy. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What is the impact of that? Where do you see this going? Yeah, no, that's really, uh, you know, a really interesting development. I would say it's not a surprise. It's something that Russia would be looking to do. I think uh, it's something that happens, you know, during typical times of war. I was doing a little bit of research just to see, looking at, say, World War II as an example, and, you know, how rights were suspended or confiscated in some cases. Russia doesn't really have much to lose at this point by, you know, not really, you know, acknowledging IP rights of international companies or people outside of companies and businesses and so forth outside of Russia. To the extent that they can practice those patents, uh, you know, is, is something, you know, else for debate, you know, whether they have the resources to execute those because, you know, essentially a patent is a teaching document and it shows, you know, that's part of the bargain of a patent is to show someone of ordinary skill how to make and use the invention. So, you know, whether they can do that, whether, you know, whatever type of technology it is, you know, some things may be, you know, fairly basic, you know, are they really interested in the latest golf club technology at the moment? Um, you know, probably not, uh, but I can certainly see their perspective uh, in that, you know, they're uh, facing a lot of sanctions and other economic damage and so forth. So they're not going to um, respect the rights of foreign IP holders. And you know, I guess the flip side of the coin is, okay, are we going to, you know, honor those as well, or are we going to be basically allowing the unauthorized uh, practice of Russian intellectual property? Well, you know, that, that's, another, that's another question too. Yeah, so you, you mentioned one of the things of, can they actually even use these? Is this more of a symbolic thing, or are there going to be any real business impacts from this? Yeah, I think that really depends on a lot of things. It depends on, you know, how long this current situation and the current environment is going to exist. 
you know, how long they can uh, get the technology and equipment materials and so forth that they might need in order to practice. Let's say, you know, if it's computer technology or mobile phone technology, uh, you know, are they going to be able to manufacture those products within Russia when their supply chain is limited to, you know, just a few countries, maybe China and so forth. And I think they're leaning a lot on China, maybe for some things. Uh, Russia, um, for example, doesn't really export a lot of things to the U.S. Some raw materials and caviar, of course, people would think of and, and vodka and things like that and some oil. But uh, as far as uh, some of the technological capability that Russia has versus, you know, importing that, those finished products, computers, automobiles, thing, you know, there's situations where some of the car companies are stopping operations uh, within Russia. So, but there are plants in Russia where there's car parts and things. So are they going to nationalize those and uh, finish making those cars? But can they continue to, once those parts are exhausted or once they run out of some parts that they need that cannot make a complete vehicle, are they interested in making vehicles really at this point or are they more focused on uh, military needs? or other needs that the economy has. So how do you think that this decision by Russia compares with other historical moments whenever countries may have done the same thing or similar actions? Looking at World War II, um, you know, certainly after the war, a lot of uh, German patents were confiscated as reparations. Uh, and the, the German patent office wasn't reestablished until about 1950. This isn't exactly that, you know, this is, as a lot of people tend to say, an unprecedented situation, you know, so much of the new technology that's being used in, let's say, the modern military and in communications is, is driven by intellectual property and the ability for countries to make those products or, you know, not make them or make the subcomponents that make up the larger product that can really be an issue that Russia is going to have to deal with as far as not being able to have access to markets that they did previously. I think people will be more cautious, you know, about where they file and where they do business, places where they thought might be a growth opportunity in Russia uh, for their products and, um, and wanting to secure IP there. They're obviously questioning that and probably not going to um, you know, continue with that once the situation is resolved. So do you think a government should be able to just make the decision that patents don't exist anymore? And if so, what kind of limitations do you think should exist on that power? Well, you know, obviously patents are a creation of the government, but I think in order for people to have you know, faith that they're going to have value and the government should obviously be very cautious and, and exercise any rights that are taken away, uh, you know, very, very rarely and very focused. You, you don't want to reduce confidence in the system where people don't think that patents are worthwhile um, and they may not develop, you know, that's, that's kind of the the chilling effect, right? It's not so much that people might copy things and not worry about legal consequences, but it might stifle innovation and might cause companies and individuals maybe not to develop things, not to improve state of the art and not to you know, introduce products and methods and so forth that you know improve everyone's standard of living and basically improve our you know, level of technology. If they think that protecting that right with a patent that is quite a risk or just something that it's something that can be turned on and off like a switch. 
What do you think is the number one reason that we need patents? Well, I think it encourages people through the limited exclusivity, you know, make and use that invention or license it to others to develop, you know, new products and, and come up with new ideas to solve problems. 